0: To light the fight this is the DMs section the DM category which means direct message so we get a lot of questions about that it's not Dave messages um, so direct messages just means that you can send a private message that nobody else can see and this happens like you can do it on Twitter you can have it on Facebook you can do it on Instagram whatever lots of ways um, but this is how we answer your questions. So we love hearing from you. And um, we also have noticed that a lot of people have the same questions. So if this sounds familiar or sounds similar, <laughs> that could be very well be the case because a lot of times we get the same ones. But generally, I Or same read, topics. Yes, yeah, yeah. very, very similar situations. So I usually read them, and then we wait for David to respond. He has not been prompted… He, we'll, we'll see how he how he does. Actually, I really like this one. Um, because I think that we can all relate to, especially as moms who kind of tend to freak out. Um, so it's a little bit, so here we go. She says, this mom says, she's talking about a 16-year-old son. She says, I feel like my oldest is always in his room, either on his phone or computer. We have rules about not playing at night and no phones are allowed in the bedrooms at night. He explained to me that when he's playing computer games, he is hanging out with friends because they're, but they're just in different houses. He's a great kid, great student, funny, he's got good friends, he's active at church, he has a job, he hates sports and he's into computers, animation and art. He's super talented in this area. So is this normal for him to spend so much time in his room on his computer and his phone. Is it normal for him to want to be away from the family? I'm at the point where most days I wish cell phones didn't even exist. So basically she's saying, you know, is it normal? Or is my son a recluse? And is there something wrong with him? Because he just wants to be in his room. Um, so yeah, what do you think?
1: Well, as always, thanks for the question um and we we like to keep this you know anonymous so people don't know exactly who it is um just in case the person doesn't want anyone to know but th- this is a really good question because you know here here's the scenario that she's saying and and I hear this quite often my kid is really great in all these areas but my kid is still not really a part of the family and even though they're not doing he's not doing anything like that could justify them just taking all the electronics out of the room taking the door off his room, like those extreme things that you think they're kind of at a little bit of an impasse here because she doesn't want to make him look like he's a bad kid, but she's concerned because think about the way this mom grew up. This mom didn't grow up where you even had options to be in your room. You'd be so bored in your room. You'd have to get the hell out. There's no way you could stay in your room (laughs) that long all the time. But nowadays your room could be a fortress of digital dopamine. So you're constantly getting all this little highs and fixes from all these different types of stuff inside your room. And if he's talented at it, he gets rewards from it. He gets leveled up in video games. His friend's like, wow, you're so good at this. So in his mind, his sport is that world. That's where he excels. So think about this. He gets gratification, an identity, and he gets to win in life if it's a virtual reality life and if it's a life that he can control i guess guessed... what else
0: he gets though no little brothers and sisters bugging the crap out of him
1: no little brothers and sisters bugging crap out of him he gets some time alone which you know i'm assuming is something that most teenagers want so he probably wants that but what he also is not getting is he's not getting real face-to-face human connections which is a need for everybody just like food and water so, we've talked about in other DMs, you being creative as a parent. And so, for this mom, this is going to be a big part of my answer for you. Interesting enough, mom, and moms out there and dads out there, there are a lot of things, a lot of meetups, a lot of opportunities for people, specifically teenagers and young adults, that have the skill set to get together and learn and be like in a think tank. So, I know some, a couple of places around here where well, they get kids together and they teach them programming. I know there's been some parents that their kids were really into video games, stuff like that. They looked at certain companies that were in their area, found out that companies do things for kids to provide like a tournament style of video gaming. Um, in order for you to know what would be a great thing for you to encourage your kid to do to actually have real life face to face interaction, about his favorite thing, which is digital, you'd have to get to know more about what he's doing. So instead of going to him and telling him, here's your problem and I want you to change your problem, go to him and say, you know what? Tell me more about what you're doing. I'm really interested in it go inside of his room, whether he likes it or not, okay? This is just one of those things you can just do because you own the house, you pay the rent. Go inside his room and instead of being like, why are you on your video game or why are you on your computer? Say, you know what? I think I've been taking this all wrong. I'm sitting here telling you, don't be on your video games. Uh, don't be on your computer. But what if I'm the mom that has the next big the next son that creates the biggest app or in the next son that creates a new Apple. What if you're the guy that creates orange computers instead of Apple? I don't know. So to go to them and say, you could be the next big thing. You could be amazing. I want to be able to support you to be successful as this as possibly as you can. So tell me more about it. And as he tells you more about it, take some metal notes, do some research on Google, find out what opportunities to help him be better at what he's invested in. Then... And only then do you have leverage. And the leverage what you will have is you've connected with him. You're now wanting to support his things that he's doing. So then when you do tell him, hey, come downstairs and have dinner with us, hang out with us, you're using your relationship to bring him to the family versus using your discipline and your authority.
0: You know, I, I want to share. We had an interesting experience that is similar to this um, and I'm going to talk about Colton because he's not home from his mission yet. And he's probably not going to listen to this podcast. Let's hope not. But he, he, he has to own up to this anyway. So a few years ago, um, and it was the Christmas right after Corey passed away. And I just didn't, personally, I didn't feel like we could do Christmas. I couldn't put up the tree. I was, I was not, I needed something else. And so we just, I decided That we were going to go to Guatemala as a family and do a humanitarian experience.
1: Something simple, right?
0: Well, I just thought, you know, (laughs) I just thought that this was just going to be so great. Such a great solution for our family. Turns out my 18-year-old son, who this was going to be his last Christmas break with his friends who were all seniors, and I had no way of knowing that it was going to be the best year of snow on record in like our last 20 years or something in Utah. Um, turns out he didn't want to come, and I wasn't giving him any options. And he was ticked. He was ticked, and he was not going to take part of any part of this as a family situation. He. Um in fact, as he coined it, he started from the time we left, and actually probably before he uh started a hygiene strike, and what that meant was that he wasn't going to change his clothes or his underwear or his or wash his hair or brush his teeth for the entire trip that That was how he was going to get back to me but also he um he had an iPad, and he was doing something on the iPad, and I didn't know, and he wasn't sharing, and he was kind of being very reclusive. Not too long, I guess it, it was probably a couple days, and I finally said, what are you doing on the iPad? And with some prodding and poking, and don't worry, there was the hygiene strike happening, he finally showed me, and he was drawing these amazing pictures these amazing illustrations of Star Wars characters. I had never seen him draw before. I don't think he'd ever been sitting in a place long enough to actually figure out how to use this app on the iPad. I was completely blown away. And I went from being ticked at him to being totally amazed by him and then like going off and bragging to everybody all the time, like, Oh my gosh, you should see this. And then he'd like, you know, painfully show some of the illustrations to some of the other people that I wanted him to show it to or whatever. But slowly, I mean, the hygiene strike didn't, didn't last the whole trip. And he did, he has admitted since then that it was a good experience, <laughs> but me Getting in there on his level, finding out what was going on, praising him for it, couldn't have couldn't have hurt. And it was a very enlightening. Like I didn't know he had that skill set, and um, learning about that skill set caused me to go a completely different pass, Path on what I was encouraging and even challenging it, him to do.
1: You know, um, uh, when you're talking, it reminds me of um, something that. Um, happened today in a session but more generally speaking the biggest one of the biggest roadblocks for parents to do what we're talking about right now is all too often they will find themselves using sarcasm to air their grievances with their teenagers specifically when it comes to digital because this is not something that parents can relate to and grew up with Um, if a parent says hey listen," You're spending all this time with your friends outside the house. You're never home. Even though they don't like it, they can relate to it because they probably did the same thing when they're a teenager. But to say, hey, I can relate to what it's like to have all this digital stimulation and be trapped in my room just totally into my devices, parents can't relate to that. So I, 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 I'm not remembering exactly how the saying goes, but it's really hard to get someone to care about what you care about until they know that you care about what they care about. But the sarcasm is the complete death blow to what we're saying. Because when I, like, let's just bring it up, Fortnite. That's a very popular video game right now. Even in our workshop, a couple people brought up Fortnite and a couple people said, well, I will do anything, but I'm not going to sit down and play video games with my kid because this is the video game that's corrupting their brain. And I always tell people to that response, I said, okay, so what do you do instead? And that usually comes across that they talk trash on the kid's video game. Maybe a little subtle, little sarcastic comments. You know, the things that you're, I'm just joking, but you're dead serious. You're just masking it with being a smart ass, right? Your kid picks up on that. They feel that. And not only it'd be one thing if you didn't like me to do it, but now you're trying to make fun of something that I enjoy. And even though the kid knows it's not a real-life thing, they know it's just a game, it's kind of hurtful.
0: It's stressful because the Fortnite thing is, feels like it's taking over the world, though, too.
1: Exactly. But what do we always say? Err on the side of the relationship. So if you're a parent that says, you know what? I can hang with video games. I do play some video games every now and then myself. Get involved with Fortnite, and then after you get involved with Fortnite, then you have some leverage to get them to get involved with you. If you're not a parent that's like, I've never played video games before, I don't even know how to get in that, then that may not be the best approach, but do not take it off the table. Either try it or at least show interest in Fortnite. Let them brag to you. Let them tell you and explain to you. When you allow your kid to be an expert on something, and you become the student, the roles are reversed and you're teaching them how to be a partner with you. You're helping them have a relationship with you based upon something that they know more about than you do and that's great for anyone's self-esteem and self-confidence. Now, the idea of this is to build a connection so that when you say, hey, listen, you know how Fortnite means a lot to you and you feel like you're really doing great at it, but when you don't do good at it, you wanna like keep on practicing and get it better? That's how I feel about our relationship. When we're connecting and I'm doing good, I feel like I leveled up and I feel like I'm doing great. It makes me want to be a better parent. But when I feel like I'm failing and I'm not connecting with you, it makes me want to try harder to get you to see that I love you. I don't want to use that approach. I want to use the approach where I feel like I'm getting wins. You feel like you're getting wins. So since we've had a great conversation about Fortnite, would you mind later on this week just allowing me to tell you something that I'm excited about in my life, go down to their level. Play the hand that is the most successful for you to win. And when I say the most successful hand in your relationship with your kid, your ace, the one card that's going to get you more influence and give you the best opportunity to have a win, meaning a connection with them, is letting them influence you. If they know you give a damn about what's important to them, then even if they don't want to care about what's important to you, it increases the probability that they're going to come outside of their comfort zone, aka their digital dungeon, come outside of their room and engage with you just a little bit. But if your Fortnite is a relationship with them, then you have to pay tribute and honor and respect the things that are real to them, even if it is a video game that you think is stupid and ridiculous. Because you know what they think is stupid and ridiculous? A parent saying, I just want to spend time with you. Why do you not come hang out with your family? You know what they think is stupid is sitting down as having a family dinner. Why would a teenager see, well, this is value to keep our family together? Teenagers' job is not to keep the family together. Their job is to test the family to make sure if their family can stay together. <laughs> like their job is more to test you guys. So make sure that you're all in or at least appearing to have interest in what they're into so that they then can say, you know, Mike, my, my parent gave me some time. They were cool with me. Let me pay them a mutual respect by the things that are important to them.
0: Well, and if we're talking about Fortnite and if it's anything like my Fortnite player, man, you give that kid an inch and he takes a mile. He will talk about Fortnite until the cows come home. And so it's definitely an area where you can get them talking and you can build that relationship and you can learn about it. If you go back to that episode where we talk about no less to, oh, you know, the less, you
1: know, the more they can learn.
0: That's right. So give them a chance to, to tell you all about it. Act like you care. I, I was joking about learning the dances. My kids were, laughing so hard, because they're so good at those dances, and I'm terrible, and I think it's hilarious, and so it's great, Um, a great way to connect, but fundamentally, what you're saying is, what we're saying here, is that if you have, well, connection is always the answer, is, is number one, but whether it's getting sucked into that room, getting sucked into friends, getting sucked, you know, out of your home, whatever it is, seek out that place that you can worm your way in. Find out what, what's really going on and learn more about it so that you can talk about it with them.
1: Well, in real life, what are you more likely to... Okay, all too often parents will use the sarcasm and the shaming their kid and making fun of the thing that they like the most as a way to get your kid to stop doing that thing. Because growing up, and sometimes in life, if we make fun of something, people will be embarrassed, ashamed of it, and so they'll stop doing it. The problem is, is if you're making fun of something that they happen to think that's the coolest thing, they're gonna protect it. Right. They're gonna fight you tooth and nail, and guess what they're gonna do? they're not going to care about what you want and they're going to make fun of your stuff too. So many times parents tell me, my kids are so rude. They make fun of all my errors and my mistakes. And so, yeah, I take some shots at theirs too. Okay, so you're being a teenager? That's the solution? That's not the solution. That's not modeling anything except how to be immature like them. So instead, you go all in, you invest yourself in things that they care about. Now the, now the odds sway to you that they just kind of have to at least give you a shot, at least give you a listen about the things that are important to you. Because shaming someone, making fun of what they like is the worst way to get someone to stop doing something and do something that you want.
0: Which means that you have to be vulnerable right?
1: Yeah. I I tell people all the time when you go to your kids and you tell them, say, Hey, listen, I actually want to know more about this. You got to start out with some sort of apology. You know, I think I've been doing this all wrong. I I usually start out with this. I say, I think I've been doing this all wrong. And then the person looks now you got their attention automatically. That statement, if you start as a parent, I think I've been doing this all wrong. I think I've been making a big mistake. To be totally honest to you, I've been kind of making fun of your video games, your computers or Instagram or Snapchat because I think it's stupid. But maybe it's not stupid. And maybe me trying to make fun of you to get you to stop doing it, maybe that's what's stupid. Maybe that's what's ridiculous. So from now on, I'm going to try to change my attitude about this because I know I wouldn't like it if you were making fun of my favorite hobby. There's no argument there. I've never had a teenager say... Well, that sounds unreasonable. They normally say, first of all, who, who abducted my parent? That was really cool. Right. And now you've got my attention because if you were to do that, mom or dad, wow, that would be great. And then the respect grows. Everybody knows in the streets, this is a common statement. Someone will say, if this person is disrespectful to me, I'll be disrespectful to them. Or if this person's respectful to me, I'll be respectful to them. But someone's got to go first. Are you going first showing disrespect to them? or Are you going first giving them respect as if they have the potential to someday be an equal? Because little secret side note, they're going to be your equal someday. In fact, they may have to be the person that decides whether to send you to the retirement home that you don't want to go to or whether they're going to actually be a part of your life or not.
0: And I have to tell you, I mean, there's a lot of things that that we don't share with our kids, like it's so different from the time that when we were kids or parents. But I can tell you that if there was ever a point that my parents came and apologized to me, I would have fallen flat on the floor. You know, like, I think that would be pretty awesome. No matter what the apology was for, what, what the, I want to do better is for, I, I think any kid in any place would respond to that, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and and, that's
0: something I could do better at. Yeah,
1: that's why I kept on harping on the sarcasm because sometimes we apologize, but it's a backhanded apology. It's not really sincere, but you're right. If your parents would have given you a sincere apology, that burns, it's like, like that gets to your brain. Like that goes straight through you. To me, it's like it would permanently tattoo in your memory that that was a moment where they showed you a glimpse that maybe you guys could be a partner at some point. You're setting the stage for a real-life partnership with your kids. Like who I said, it's not a fantasy that your kids are going to be your equal someday. If, God willing, they're alive and you're alive, they're going to be your equal, and then they're going to surpass you.
0: I also was just thinking about like a couple situations that are going on in my kids' lives where it would be advantageous for maybe one of my kids to apologize to one of her friends for something. So if a parent was willing to suck it up, maybe me, I guess there, um, willing to suck it up and make that apology, come clean, admit that maybe I don't know everything. And she's like, wow. Yeah. And that feels good. And that repairs a the relationship. There might be a little piece of memory in her brain that apologizing and admitting that she doesn't know anything might work in one of her relationships.
1: And here's the thing. Because they're teenagers, if you're listening to this and you said, well, I've tried that. It worked a couple of times when my kid went back to their old ways. They're kids. They don't figure this out overnight, but it will leave that lasting memory. Because as always, your teenagers specifically, even your older kids, they're learning by what you do far more than what you say. For sure. But if what you do and what you say both match up and are saying the same thing, that that's that's where, where that's where your money's paid. Like that's where you're gonna build this relationship.
0: Absolutely. It's not just here, here's some food and here's some clothes.
1: Or it's not like respect me because I do all the things that the law says I have to do for you as a parent and then some. That okay. doesn't get you respect. It's like well, everybody down the street, their parents do the same thing for them, so it seems like a given, not like an like an extra thing. These things, apologizing. Taking away your sarcastic um, attitude because most people learn that from their parents. Parents talk trash to their kids and demean them all the time, but they say, I'm just joking. <laughs> so that makes it all better when it doesn't feel like a joke? No. Try what Heidi and I are talking about it. Let us know some of your wins. Let us know how this is working for you. But also, too, if you... Not if, when you find different creative ways to figure this out, do this. That was a great part about our workshop is people were sharing ideas. I don't come up with, I don't get on this podcast say, here's everything that I know. I get on the podcast saying, after all the people I've counseled, here's the things that people did that worked and I share those examples. And then I just tell other clients the same thing and now I'm telling you guys the same thing. So this is a partnership I've had with parents and kids over the years. This is the information I'm giving you.
0: Which is cool, because we can all benefit from information that works. yeah you know Well, thank you for sending in that question. I think we all want to know if our if our kids are normal or if if everything's okay and um, and so I really like that. I think it can be applied to a lot a lot of different scenarios. So if you do have a question, don't hesitate to send it in. We love to hear from you. You can send it in. You can actually send a DM right into our website at lightthefight.com. You can also message us on Instagram and on Facebook. And, um, you know, no question is too hard for David. He's got, <laughs> That's a, he just made a really, a really good face.
1: <laughs> I'm laughing because I can answer these questions, but all listeners out there, Do not ask me how to fix anything in your home, your car. My wife is (laughs) far more capable or my computer. Yeah. My, (laughs) our producer, while we're recording this, he's trying to recover all my lost information on my laptop that crashed. And all my clients are like, Hey, I need this information, my notes. And I'm telling them I don't have it yet. They're like, sure, David. I'm like, I literally can't access it. I I should just tell everybody I'm stupid. I can't figure it out. They'd believe that better. So
0: (laughs) anyway, we all have our strengths.
1: Yeah, my, my one strength is really good, and the rest of them, not so much.
0: <laughs> well, I can relate. I have that with glitter.
1: Hey, ooh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm really good at glitter. Making messes with glitter, sparkly things You glow girl. That's, That's my right. favorite
1: t-shirt. You glow girl. That's
0: right. Anyway, you guys, thanks again for listening. Thanks for helping us to light the fight. And until next time, we out.